You're listening to the Good Friday service preached at Sojourn Church, J-Town. On Good Friday, we pause to remember Jesus' ultimate sacrifice on the cross. Hey there, I'm, I'm Lyle. I'm one of the pastors here. And just like Elliot said just a few minutes ago, just want to say welcome. Uh, yeah, we are glad you've joined us online uh, for a special uh, night that we call Good Friday. And so one of the things that I, I try to do in these services is I try to take just a just an aspect of the cross that's seen there and, and sort of um, highlighted. And that's what I want to do this evening, just for a few minutes. So have you ever been in a relation relationship where uh, you deeply wronged someone or you deeply sinned against them? And instead of this individual leaving, um, they stayed. There's something powerful and transformative that happens in our lives when someone who should leave chooses to stay. Please hear me. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there's not a time or a place where it's wise for you to get out of a relationship or leave a relationship. I'm just trying to um, just this evening, make an, an observation or even um, speak into an experience that they can, all of us have, have felt before. We've been in a relationship and we've deeply wronged that individual, uh, but instead of them leaving, they've chosen to stay. There's something powerful about staying love. I think about the spouse who, who stays in spite of the adultery. I think of someone who, who stays in a relationship and a friendship even though they experience deep betrayal. I think of a mom and a dad who stays present, whose, whose love is felt and experienced in spite of the rebellion of a child. So there's, I, mean, I think all of us would agree, there is, there is something powerful uh, when someone who could leave and maybe even has sort of the right, quote unquote, to leave, but they choose to stay. I think one of the most powerful acts on Good Friday is one that I, that I find even in myself that we overlook really quickly or read past really fast, and that is this. It's the one act that Jesus chose not to do, and that is this. He chose not to get down, even though he could, but he chose to to stay. I mean, look what Matthew says here uh, in a few verses, and most of the Gospels kind of give some kind of an account of, of what Matthew records here in chapter 27. Look what he says here, starting in verse 38. Then two criminals were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by, this is what they're yelling. They were yelling insults at him and shaking their head, and this is what they're saying. You you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself. In essence, they're saying, like, if you're the son of God, then, then come down. Get down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priest with the scribes and the elders mocked him and said, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. So you got the crowds that are running by hurling insults at him, and they're basically saying, get down, save yourself. You've got 
the religious leaders who are, are chanting the same thing, hey, if this is who you say you really are, then get down. And we know uh, that he has the power to do this. We know that he's able to do that. And even uh, Jesus mentions this in the chapter before, in chapter 26, uh, when they're in the, in the garden and here comes the Roman soldiers, uh, Judas is getting ready to betray him and they're getting ready to arrest Jesus. And, and you remember that kind of humorous scene where, where Peter, uh, in all of his gumption and always doing things he shouldn't do, pulls out his, I know the, the translation here is sword, but it's actually literally a, a little dagger and he tries to defend Jesus. And he's such a horrible aim that he actually, I don't even know what he's aiming at. He misses him and cuts off uh, the high priest's ear, which is humorous in and of itself. But look what Jesus says here. Look how he responds to Peter in chapter 26, verses 52 to 53. He says this, and Jesus told him, put your sword back in its place because all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think, and here's, here's where we see that even Jesus recognizes that he has the power to get down if he wants to. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will provide me here and now with more than 12 legions of angels. So yeah, he was, he was able, he had the power to get down from the cross. And in, in some ways, you can even make the statement that he was entitled to get down also because he's not on the cross because of his own sin. He's an in, innocent man who's being murdered for our sins. But he stayed. And because he stayed, our sin can be forgiven. As the old hymn says, not just in part, but in full. Think about that. Your sins, all of it, past, present, and future, in and through Jesus, because he stayed, can be forgiven. There is now a way to silence the conscience that constantly accuses us, and it is through the cross that our sins can be fully and forever forgiven. He stayed. And because he stayed, our, our guilt can be taken away, this sort of dark cloud that sort of follows us all the time. And, and if you're any way built like me, you constantly feel guilt, but now our guilt can be taken away no longer do we have to rest in the good that we do to alleviate or somewhat give a, a, a pause, so to speak, to the guilt that we feel? But now we can all rest in the good that Jesus lived and did for us to alleviate and free us from guilt. He stayed. He did not come down. And because he stayed, our shame has been scorned. Our shame begins kind of what I would say this slow death. Because I would put before us that we're never going to be shame-free this side of eternity. But there is a, a slow death that shame begins to where eventually there's going to come a day to where we have a shame-free destiny. So think about this. The very thing that was designed to greatly humiliate a person to bring enormous amount of shame on them was the cross, is the very instrument that God uses to scorn it, to look down on it, 
and to provide a way to set us free from shame's debilitating power. Because Jesus stayed, he secures for us a shame-free destiny. He stayed. He didn't come down. And because of that, our sin can be fully forgiven. Our guilt is taken. Our shame is scorned. He stayed. I love what John Stott says. He's a, an author and a writer, wrote a great book called The Cross of Christ. And in it, he quotes this, God could quite justly have abandoned us to our fate He could have left us alone to reap the fruit of our wrongdoing and to perish in our sins. It is what we all deserved. But listen to this, but he did not. Because he loved us, he came after us in Christ. He pursued us even to the desolate anguish of the cross where he bore our sins, our guilt, our judgment, and our death. And it takes a hard and stony heart to remain unmoved by love like that. And I don't want that for you. My prayer for you on this Good Friday is that you would be moved in your interior being by this staying love of Jesus. So yes, our sin is what held him there, and, please don't forget this, and his love that he had for the Father and the doing of the will of the Father and his love that he has for you and me. And that kind of love, that staying love, can change, can transform you, can make you into a new person. So my encouragement for you, on this Good Friday, is that would you invite him into your life? Will you be moved by the staying love of Jesus? It is powerful and transformative. Let's pray. Father, words cannot express enough our thanks and gratitude for what you did for us on this Good Friday. And so, Lord, as the Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus, may our minds and our hearts grow and deepen on how much you love us. May we look to the cross, this thing that happened 2,000 years ago, and may it seal for us forever of your love for all of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Lyle Drury and the lead pastor at Sojourn Church, J-Town. Thanks for listening. We are here to reach people with the gospel, build them up as a church, and send them into the world to be a faithful, loving presence. For more sermons, info about our church, or ways you can support our ministry, visit sojournchurch.com slash J-Town.